broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA, uniting sports fans everywhere. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. People want the authenticity, right? They want to know a little bit more. They don't want just the cliches. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Uh, I'm thankful that God has delivered me and he's given me a mouthpiece to be able to, a platform as well to be able to share with different people. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. When you're around somebody that has that joy and you can feel it and it's contagious. Um, Every day I ask, you know, what does God have in store for me and how does he want to utilize me in this position that I hold. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're broadcasting right here on Sports Byline USA. And thank you so much for for listening each week on stations across the country. We thank all of our podcast listeners, those that listen on sportsbyline.com. Those that listen on the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio, uh, we're, we're thankful to, to be in a lot of different places, and, and we're so glad that you found us and, and you've been a part of the show uh, in the past. And if today is your first day listening, we're going to have some fun, and, and we always talk sports, faith, and life. And today's guest is Jason Campbell, former NFL quarterback. He plays college football at Auburn and was very successful there. And so we love to, to take the personal side of sports. We love to, to go beyond what we kind of have seen uh, in regards to a certain player. We want to get to know him a little bit. And so we'll do that today with Jason Campbell. And I think you'll appreciate what he has to share with us. And, and then also each week at the end of the show, we do a segment called Unpack This. And today I'm going to talk about LeBron James and how his ability to get to the hoop relates to our own lives and and dealing with fouls that are called, aren't called, and that could lead to complaining and whining. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. But up next, we'll do our segment, I'm Convinced. I've got some thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, Ketchup and Patrick Mahomes, plus rookie quarterbacks, and Monday Night Football and Jason Witten. It's all coming up on Unpacking It. Thanks for being with us. More sports, faith, and life coming up on Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us today on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life right here on Sports Byline USA. You can check out our website, unpackingit.com, and be sure to subscribe to our email devotional and our podcast. Coming up, we're going to hear from former NFL quarterback Jason Campbell. But right now, it's a segment we call I'm Convinced where I take a look at the week and, and let you know what I'm convinced of in the sports world. And so we start with what happened Thursday night with the Green Bay Packers falling to the Seattle Seahawks. And there's been such a, an outcry since then and a lot of analysis and, and opinions being thrown around 
about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And so I'm convinced there are very few talent gaps between most NFL teams because almost everyone has solid players. Even the Arizona Cardinals, even the, I can't say the Oakland Raiders, but most teams have good players. And, and you can see anybody win any Sunday, and, and we see it all the time. It's, it's so common. Most games are close, and, and throughout the year, teams are competitive. So I'm convinced the main issue in Green Bay isn't a lack of talent, but a lack of chemistry. They're as good as anyone, and Aaron Rodgers can even make up for any lack of talent at other positions. But I'm convinced it matters who Aaron Rodgers plays with. He misses Jordy Nelson. He misses being surrounded by veteran players on offense. Now, guys like Drew Brees and Tom Brady, they're thriving with new pieces, young players, and they've rotated weapons throughout their career. And so at this stage of, of their careers, they're, they're doing fine with, with whoever is out there. And they've been able to develop the necessary chemistry with their guys. But Rodgers, on the other hand, is struggling. I'm convinced he lacks the connection and the trust with this group of Packers players. They don't seem to be on the same page. They're not clicking. So maybe it's you know personality issues or, or the coaches or the, or the leadership just not creating the right atmosphere. But I think it's more than, than just the Packers players not being talented enough or, or even having too many injuries. Every team is banged up. So I'm convinced that the Packers do have the talent to win out and, and win enough games to make the playoffs. And I think that, that Rodgers really is that good. But, but at this point, it just seems so unlikely because these players are not on the same page. They don't seem to be bought in together. They're good enough to be in games, but they don't have the, the it factor and the excitement and the energy to, to, to win the tight ones. Those are the teams that end up pulling it out. They're the ones that go on the special runs like we saw last year with Philadelphia. It was about chemistry. Teams have to buy in together, and that's what separates the, the, the good teams from the great teams. Because, again, there are so many good teams in the NFL. They're right there. They're right on the cusp. But the ones that, that are really clicking and really connecting are, are the ones that, that really thrive. And, and I, for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers just seems to be a, a little bit on an island, a little bit you know, just on his own, doesn't seem to, to really be on, on the, the same page with his coaches or, or the players. And so what, one final thing, I, I'm convinced that Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks, and it really is hard to criticize him. But, but I think it's fair at this point because we always expect a, a, a team that has this, this type of quarterback as their guy of this caliber of, of Roger, you know, he's, he's still a top quarterback in the league. So we can't just give him a pass for him playing well personally, yet still losing. He, he has to take responsibility for it. And so I, I, I think there's been this, this kind of sense of, oh, well, you can't criticize Aaron Rodgers. He's the best. No, it's fair. It's fair to take a look at it. I just think it's more about the intangibles and the personalities on this team. And so he's got to be the one that leads them and, and, and stays connected with these guys and does whatever it takes to, to really get the buy-in. And, and I think it's possible. It just seems unlikely at this point. All right, the, the number two topic. I'm convinced the Chiefs and Rams on Monday Night Football 
is must-watch TV. I, I, I can't wait for it. Now, the game should be fantastic. We watched two exciting offenses and, and, and two young, great quarterbacks. But I'm also convinced, as we listen to the broadcast on ESPN, Jason Witten has the chance to be a really good analyst. He's the, he's the guy in the booth. But being thrown in to, to this big of a platform and to have this type of voice and, and millions of people watching him and listening to him every week was a mistake. He's not Tony Romo, and he hasn't made a smooth transition from the field to the booth. Now, Monday Night Football is still a strong brand, despite not being as important as it used to, but the announcers have always contributed to the big game feel. And so I blame ESPN, not Jason Witten, for this not working out. They should have known he wasn't ready for this role yet. Doesn't mean that he can't be great but he wasn't ready to be able to, to just adapt to uh, being on Monday Night Football and all that comes with it. All the criticism, everybody that's listening, it, it's just been tough for him. And, and he, he's made some mistakes, and he, he admits it, he acknowledges it, but, but some of those mistakes need to happen on games that aren't as marquee as Monday Night Football. And so the other member of the announcing team is Booger McFarlane, and, and I'm convinced him being on the field on top of a crane was a clever idea. And I think networks should always try new things like this. And, and I know a lot of people don't like the setup, but, but I appreciate the different perspective from Booger. And, and I don't think announcers have to follow the same formula or every broadcast has to be the same. Put them at different places on the field so we can experience something unique. And, and so I love that they tried it and, and maybe they tweak it a little bit, but I'm fine. I'm fine with that aspect of it. So I'm convinced people have been a little too hard on Witten because this just isn't an easy job to just come right in after playing and, and be in the booth and, and having to replace John Gruden, who people really liked, and he did a great job as a broadcaster for so many years. And so I'm afraid Witten will end up being demoted next year and ESPN will have to go another direction, but I'm not willing to say Witten can't be uh, great in the future. It's just not happening right now. All right, number three, I'm convinced we have to constantly remind ourselves as fans not to jump to conclusions about rookie quarterbacks. How many of us totally wrote off Jared Goff, Mitch Trubisky, and, and many others after their first year? Now, I'm convinced both of them have what it takes to be a starter for a long time in the NFL, and, and they're both showing it this year. But I'm also convinced... We anointed Dak Prescott, Brock Osweiler, RG3, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jameis Winston too quickly. Now, I'm not saying some of those guys can't still be great, but, but most of them have, have regressed. Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, is injured. But many people jumped all in pretty quickly on those guys. And so I'm convinced we have to be patient with this year's rookies. Sam Darnold, Rosen, Allen, Baker, and Jackson. Let's give them time. Let's not, let's not be all in or, or jump to conclusions that they can't be franchise quarterbacks after this season. It takes more than that. It takes the right fit with the coach, the right chemistry like I was talking about earlier, the right weapons, and you can see somebody like Jared Goff really thriving with the right coach and, and the right weapons. Same with Mitch Trubisky. So give these other guys a break as well. All right, final I'm convinced for this week. It's a fun one. I'm convinced Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes has great taste 
because he loves ketchup. That's right. He loves it on steak and macaroni and cheese. And I could definitely get behind the macaroni and cheese. I, I love the condiment. I, I put ketchup on grilled cheese and almost anything. I mean, I, I just love it. I think it's it's a great addition to so many dishes and so many uh, types of food. And so I thought it was cool that Heinz Ketchup, who uses 57 varieties in their branding and, and heard about Patrick Mahomes loving their product, that they offered him ketchup for life if he throws 57 touchdowns this season. He already has 31. Peyton Manning holds the record with 55 that he threw in 2013. So I hope it happens. I'll be rooting for him. So that's what I'm convinced of this week. When we come back, our interview with Jason Campbell right here on Unpacking It. More sports, faith, and life coming up on Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. It's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks for being with us. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast and our email devotional. Just go to unpackingit.com and you can follow me on Twitter, Bryce Radio. Well, I'm excited for our interview right now. Our guest today played quarterback in the NFL for 10 years after being drafted by the Washington Redskins in the first round of the 2005 NFL Draft. He played his college football at Auburn and spent time playing for the Raiders, Bears, Browns, and Bengals as well. He is now a speaker and a member of the Auburn Radio Network team. I'm pleased to be joined by Jason Campbell right now on Unpacking It. Jason, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Can't complain. All right. Well, we're, we're glad to talk with you, and, and I want to hear all about your, your story. But just throughout your career, you experienced being a starter as well as a backup in the NFL. So so what was that experience like, and, and maybe what don't fans maybe even realize just about the, the difference between a starter and a backup, the, the mentality between those two, and just kind of what your experience was like? Yeah, from my experience playing the league in, that, in those positions where when you're a starter, you feel – you feel more comfortable, you know, you get all the reps and practice that week, you know, you know, it's kind of what's coming, you know, you get a chance to get in the groove of your game, but when you're the backup, you only run the other team's back, uh, the other team's reps. And yeah. uh, so you don't even, you may get three or four plays a week where you run your offensive team reps and you're not getting an opportunity to throw with the guys and, and uh, build chemistry where you just started, you get all the reps, you get all the chemistry. So it's harder to be a backup than it is to be a starter in the National Football League. I tell people that all the time. I say, yeah, you can come off the bench in the middle of a game and kind of get hot because the team didn't prepare for you. I yeah. said, and uh, you kind of sneak up on some people. I said, but, you know, when you – and it's harder if you come in a game, you're not, not into a rhythm, especially if it's a cold game. You're in Cleveland or Chicago and it's 10 degrees. It's hard to come off the bench for sitting for a quarter or two quarters to be thrust into a game and think you can just get hot real quick. You know, because the weather and everything. So it's, it's differences in both of them, but it's harder as a backup because you have to prepare a lot harder. You have to spend extra time after practice, time in the film room, because you don't, you never know where you're going to have the opportunity to play. It's just like life. You know, you just never know about the different circumstances and how life changes at times. And that's how you feel being a backup. You know, you're always on edge because you just yeah. never know when at that moment you got to go in and play. 
Wow. No, that, that's a that's a really good perspective. And and I'm curious too, what makes maybe the, the best combination between a, a starter and a backup? Because sometimes we'll see like a young QB with a, a veteran quarterback backing him up as kind of a, a support guy. Is there maybe a combination that that works the best that, that you've experienced over throughout your career when you played? I always, I've always been an advocate for having a veteran quarterback behind a young quarterback. If you're going to bring in a young quarterback to play, you want him to play early. I always say, well, you need somebody in the room, the kid that's gone through the trenches and that's someone that's played the game and had to go through the highs and the lows and how to prepare for a game and how to study film and, you know, what you got to do to keep your body in shape, ice tubs and massages and just different things. And I've always said that, a veteran can help a young guy. But towards the end of my career in the league, it seemed like the NFL started going away from that. They mm. started putting younger guys with younger guys. And I was just like, that's just, I like, you don't have trouble because I like, if a kid starts to hit a, hit, hit, a, hit a wall, who's going to be there to give them advice? Because you took all the veterans out of the room because you got to a point where you didn't want to pay veteran quarterbacks. You better go get a younger quarterback and pay him a lot less money just, to, just from a salary cap standpoint. And you look at Philly, they was paying Nick Foles five point five million this year as a backup, mm-hmm. but they had went in the room and they said to themselves, "Hey, if we had one game to win, can this guy win it for us?" And they all agreed and said yes, and they ended up giving him that contract uh, and everything. And he showed them why it was important for for them to have that backup because you're always one play away from playing. And I always say you always got to have a guy, especially if you got a good football team like a team like Philly. You don't want to have just a backup on the team that you're gonna pay less money to just to have a guy there. Like, no, if the guy got to be called upon, you want to be able to depend on him. Your teammates want to be able to depend on him. So, you know, I remember when I was with the Raiders in 2011. I was having one of my best years as a pro. And I ended up breaking my collarbone six games in. And, you know, that's one of the better seasons Oakland has had and since the Rich Gannon area. You know, we started the season off. We was rolling it. You know, we were hitting on all cylinders, and we had a really good nucleus. And I can look around and say, man, this is going to be special for the next four or five years. And I'll say you get hurt right before the halftime, and then this day you know you're in the hospital and you wake up out of surgery, and they've already traded for Carson Palmer, who wasn't even playing at the time. He decided he didn't want to play for the Bengals that year, and they traded for him, and then they gave him my contract. Oh. And that kind of stung me hard because I was like, man, I'm 12-7 and seven as a starter in Oakland. Y'all had a winning quarterback since Gannon. Things are just turning out to go right for me. Like, everything's hitting on right, all cylinders. Got a good young team. You know, we're growing together. We're gelling together. We have a brotherhood. And then all of a sudden, you know, one or two people make the decision to trade for Carson and bring him in. And then what Stone, they gave him my contract. He was at home on the couch. Yeah. So I feel like I had earned my contract, and they took it from me. And that kind of stung me. And from that standpoint, I want to start looking at the NFL from a totally different view. Like, now you say, okay, you work hard, you do what you're supposed to do, and things will pay off for you. Yeah, that's true. But also, you got to be in the right position with the right type of people that know what they're doing. Otherwise, you know, your career and anything can be sidestepped. But I'm also a firm believer that things happen for a reason. You know, uh, I was engaged at a point at a time in my life during that time with a young lady. And during that injury time, I had a chance to sit back and reflect. And uh, I saw that we were incompatible. Wow. And uh, we were unequally yoked and so many other things. And I was just like, man, like, this is not the woman for me. I suppose to marry. Not that she's a bad person. She's just not the woman for me. Mm. So it gave me an opportunity. So I ended up having to, you know, call off everything, that, the wedding and everything, maybe a month and a half before. And I remember I caught a lot of flat publicly from a lot of people and everything. And I was just like, you know what? I don't really care what other folks saying because I know God has spoken to me at this point that, 
this is not who I'm supposed to bear, and I'm going to stand firm with that. So, wow. you know, through that injury, that opened my eyes up to what was going on in my personal life. Because you talk about marriage, you want to talk about a lifetime. Man. So, yeah, I may have missed out on a bigger money contract, but I'd have been more miserable and going through more headache than something that has nothing to do with money at all. Man. Wow. No, that's, that, that's an incredible story. And we're, we're talking with Jason Campbell right now on unpacking it and, and former NFL quarterback. And, and, and Jason, I want to talk, talk more kind of a, about your, your story. Um, and, and we'll get into even some of the things that you just mentioned in, in, a, in a second. But, but I did want to get people up to speed with, with kind of what you're doing now. And, and so you retired in 2015, played 10 years in the league. And, and so how has that transition away from the NFL gone? And, and what are you maybe most excited about what you're doing uh, now that you're no longer playing? Yeah, the first year out of the NFL was tough. Um, a lot of it becomes from a competitive standpoint. You question yourself a little bit. Like, oh, man, I made the right decision by going ahead and saying that I'm, that I'm done because uh, at the same time. And it didn't hit you until the game started playing. During the offseason, you're like, no, nah, I'm good. But, uh, yeah. but I think that was the competitive side of me. And then the other side was, you know, some of the injuries and things that I had through my NFL career and, uh, you know, missing the camaraderie of the locker room where you're helping young guys and you're having that, that talk that only you can have in the locker room where other people outside the world can't relate to because a guy that's younger than you, you can relate to that guy. So he's going to open up more to you maybe than he would a brother or sister because you're living the same life that he's living. Mm. and, you know, you may be going through some of the same issues and problems and everything, so he'll come to you for that advice. So I kind of missed that part of the game when I uh, when I was, when I was walked away, but I knew it was the right time. It wasn't my heart anymore. Uh, if I'm going to do something, i got to be 100% all the way in it, and football is something that you just don't walk on the field halfway in it and, and feel like you're going to have success. So, you know, at that point I had prayed on it, but I, I told the other team that was trying to sign me, I said, look, I can't give it a hundred percent. I'm just gonna walk away, and mm. I chose to do that in 2015. And uh, and you know that led me to where I, what I do now. I do a little bit of radio for Auburn, Auburn Network during the football season. Yeah. Um, and then I work with 12 year olds, my nephews. I work with his little his little age group for us, uh, basketball and uh, football goes this time of the year. So it's given me an opportunity to uh, to relate to a lot of kids and being able to get back and, you know, tell these parents they're growing up now because every parent that their kid going to approach her out of fifth grade, I'm like, look, <laughs> kid's not going to jump from, from fifth grade all the way to the pros. I'm oh. like, you know, let the kid enjoy the game. Let him have fun and enjoy it and grow. I was like, how you put so much pressure on him as a kid, he may not, he may grow away from the game. He may not even like it as much anymore because he never had that chance to just have fun. So I was like, let him have fun. I was like, let the coaches coach. And let him have fun. Don't put so much pressure on him. You got to do this or you got to do that. Like, let him learn. And uh, and I think that's giving me an opportunity to talk to parents and be around them and everything. But that first year is tough, though. You know, that yeah. first year out the NFL is tough. But then, but now it gets better as you as you grow. And uh, as far as the injury standpoint, you know, you still have to take care of your body. You know, you have to nurse a lot of the injuries that you had in the pros that you still deal with on a daily daily basis. Man, that's got to be tough. And, and I think as fans, we forget that it, it's not just about the injuries week to week as, as we're watching players throughout their careers. It's the day-to-day injuries following 
careers, especially long careers, as guys continue to battle and deal with the effects of playing a a challenging game like football. And so uh, I think as fans, we just have to be careful not to take that too lightly uh, when we think about our favorite players currently and and then even looking back at the guys we've watched for so many years. So, so Jason, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk more about your faith and and we'll hear just some of the the lessons that you've learned uh, throughout your life that you can share with us today. He's Jason Campbell, former NFL quarterback. You know him from Auburn football as well. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is Unpacking It on Sports Byline USA. The place to hear athletes opening up about their true passions in life. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Fantasy football is the best. You compete with your friends and family all season long, and when you win, it's so exciting. I have won two rings myself, and as fun as fantasy football already is, what if we played with more purpose and meaning? Well, at Fantasy Football Fellowship, we created a way for you to have league meetings throughout the season to discuss how fantasy relates to our lives and the Bible. Each week, we have content, topics, and questions that allow fantasy owners to connect intentionally with each other and to God. We'll help your league have conversations about fantasy, faith, and life as you go from the draft to the championship. Play fantasy football and change your lives. Sign your league up today at FantasyFootballFellowship.com. Going beyond the field, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. Welcome back to Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks to all of our listeners around the country listening on radio, online, via the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, SportsByline.com and all of our podcast listeners as well. You can always email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Follow me on Twitter, Bryce Radio. We're in the middle of an awesome conversation with former NFL quarterback Jason Campbell. Played his college football at Auburn, now works with the radio team there. And and so we're going to continue with him now. And, and so... You, you've led us into a little bit of your your, your football career and, and even one of the tougher seasons on the field and off the field, talking about being with the Raiders and, and, and what you went through personally uh, with a fiancé as well as an injury. And, and so let, let's kind of jump back into that story um, as far as really what you learned through that and, and what God revealed to you and and ultimately how your your faith even today as you look back at kind of that season in life and and the 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 defining moment i I guess or the defining season that it became for you yeah it uh it kind of shaped me a moment you know you always hear saying when people say you know things happen in life for a reason you know uh if you accept it the right way and you know and see it then it's just molding you to become a better person and then also Sometimes things doesn't happen the time you wanted to happen because God has something better for you. Mm. And 
and that's the thing. Like sometimes as humans, and you know, we get impatient, you know, and everything. We want to go ahead and make decisions so quickly because we feel like, oh, we're running out of time, or we're running out of, you know, or my friends did it, or my friends doing this, and why I'm not doing this, or why this hasn't happened for me yet, and, you know, and I'm so tired of being patient, you know. I'm just gonna be impatient. So mm. you get to those aspects of your life, and sometimes you can do things out of time, and and then all of a sudden God pumps the brakes and say, uh-uh, not right now. And sometimes you find yourself frustrated. You be like, man, like, you know, I'm not trying to stay out here in this single life. You know, I want to be married. I want to have my family and all this type of stuff. I'm like, God, what is it? Why I can't have have this? My friends are having it. Like, what, what's why I'm not having it? So then I feel like maybe I had rushed my decision to get engaged because of those reasons. Mm. And not understanding that, you know, you marry the wrong person, you can be in a world of headache for a long time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so so that taught me from a lesson to just be patient. You know, like, what's meant for you is for you. And no one can take that away from you. You know, and God's ready for you to have that. You have that. And no matter how much you try to push it or force it, it's just not going to happen. Man. And, and, it, and, you, and you won't feel it naturally. So... You know, through that, you know, he's taught me a, a lot and everything. And uh, and there are people out there that's better for you. And there are someone that's for you, but you have to get that opportunity. You know, sometimes it's making those tough decisions when you're engaged or in relationships to have to walk away. And uh, but that was something I had to do. It was hard because you cared a lot for the other person. It wasn't just about me. It was for the other person, too, you know, because, you know, they're just going through heartbreak. Maybe they don't see things the same way you see things. True. And everything, they don't understand it the way you do. So it makes things a little bit harder. And But at the same time, you have to stand firm and strong and just know, like, look, God's going to take care of them just like he take care of you. That's you right. Know? So, you know, don't be worrying about trying to fix everything. You know, if he got you to that point, he'll fix that part as well. And But the other person has to be able to receive it as well. And so it taught me a lot about uh a lot about life at that time. And sometimes I used to beat myself up and be like, oh, man, if I wasn't engaged to that person, then maybe I would have got my big contract or maybe I would have been still starting for the Raiders and having a good career. And I'm just like, no, you're not supposed to live that way. Mm. You know, like I feel like sometimes we beat ourselves up as people and we never forgive ourselves. And, you know, I held on that for a couple of years. Wow. And I just kept beating me up as a player and as a person. And, you know, and, um, I just felt like it was a, I feel like I was attacking my own self hmm. and I feel like going through, going through that, you know, it taught me a lot because when I look back at it, I'm like, man, I've been beating myself up for years, but I got to stop this. Yeah. And I finally got to a point where, where I was like, okay, forget the past, forgive yourself and look forward to the future hmm. and just understand what God has given you is more than enough. Because had I got the big contract or whatever, it may have changed everybody around me. It may have changed my life dramatically, not in the way that I thought it would. It may have brought more problems and more issues that would have just been too much. And so I've gotten to a point in my life now where I'm content with what I've had, what I have. And I'm content at where I'm at in my life and understanding that things are better and things will get better for me. And and I just got to continue to believe that and, and trusting that and understand that because, and just not try to make those decisions on my own and not try to rush things and just uh, live one day at a time and just be patient. Amen. Wow, what a good word from Jason Campbell. 
right now on Unpacking It. Former NFL player, star at Auburn, and, and now working with the radio team at Auburn. And, and you mentioned that, that for a couple of years you were, you were struggling to kind of let go of, oh, man, things didn't go this way, or what if I would have done this differently? And, and I think people can relate to a, a similar mindset because we, you know, we all wrestle through things from our past and, and things that, that ultimately we need to let go of and move forward with. How, how did you really get to that point? You said you got to that, that kind of turning point of, of finally realizing, all right, I don't, I don't need to, to dwell on this anymore. But what got you to that point? It got me to the point because I kept looking at my life. I was like, okay, I keep worrying about the same thing over and over, and I'm stalemate. You know, like, I haven't moved forward in my life because maybe I've been worrying about the wrong thing for too long. Mm. And, you know, maybe I just haven't given it to God. And said, uh, you know, you know, I need help in this area of my life. You know, and I'm so used to, as a quarterback, you're used to being in control of a lot of things. You know, decision making on the field, the balls in your hand, most almost every snap, and uh, you know the way you prep and all that type of stuff. But in life, you're not in control of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you can control some things, you know, but a lot of it you can't. And it got me to a point where I just had to say, okay, I'm letting go of this hurt and this guilt that I put on myself beat myself up and saying how my career didn't end the way that I thought it should have ended. Mm. And I felt like my career was taken away from me in my prime years of my career. You know, I was just turning 30 years old and I was having the best you know, season as a pro and, you know, and we were winning. And I was just like, those are the things that prepare you to keep being a starter mm. and to have to, to have to take a seat knowing that you're still good enough and to be out there playing and starting but you have to sit on the sideline and watch. That took a lot out of me because I would feel like my prime years of my career, somebody just took it and yoked it away from me. Mm. And it wasn't. And the hardest thing that hurt me the most was it had nothing to do with my play. Mm. If it had something to do with my play, then I could have understood it a lot better. I could have dealt with it. I could have you know, accepted it. But the fact that I was playing really well and 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 playing good, that that what hurt me the most. And for that, I couldn't ever, ever just understand that. And that just always stuck with me. Mm. And I always ask people, I was like, man, do you think I, I like, you know, like why, you know? And then, and then I remember telling, talking to somebody, I had a friend tell me like, maybe if you kept starting or whatever, kept playing, maybe you got seriously injured. Mm. And maybe that seriously injured would uh, hurt you for the rest of your life. And you may not be able to do certain things in life. So instead of you just harping on it, you might need to just accept it and know that God was protecting you from something. Wow. And just like he came and protected you from getting with the wrong person in a marriage, he probably did the same thing for you in your football life Mm. where he looking at it like, I know you may not understand now, but there could possibly something could have been a whole lot worse than a broken collarbone had Mm. I kept playing and, you know, you see now where all the injuries that guys are dealing with from minds and everything, like you never know what God was protecting me from. So I have to, I have to stop putting guilt on myself and just say, you know what, you're right. Let me stop questioning what happened and let me be thankful for what happened and thankful it was just a collarbone and accept, the, and accept it because God could be protecting me from a more serious injury. So just accept it. And, and move on and just understand that, man, God is in control. 
And I had to get to that point. And then in my personal life, yeah, you want the wife and the kids. I had to get to that point as well. Like, hey, that's all going to happen. Mm. It's probably going to happen as soon as I stop worrying about it. Because ah, worrying about it is not going to get me anywhere. So when I did that, it helped me in my life. It helped me start to see things differently. You know, you have to make some tough decisions. And, you know, you, you, you gain friends over the year. You lose friends over the year. But if a person is around you and they're not trying to help you grow, then you have to ask yourself, why are you here? You know, and I tell people, like, it doesn't mean they have to make certain money or do certain things, but from a mentalist standpoint, a spiritual standpoint, are you trying to help me grow or I'm trying to help you grow or we trying to grow together? Like, what's your alternative? Like, you know, no one's perfect and no one's a finished product yet. We're all working on some area in our life where we're weak at or some area in our life where we're strong at or we may feel like we're too strong at and you need to be humbled down a little bit. So. Mm. At some point in your life, everybody's working on something, and we all just don't know what it is, but you know, and God knows what it is, and you just have to have that one-on-one conversation with him, because I do feel like sometimes, you know, people as us as believers are, you know, like, we can be too hard on other folks because you see something on in life. I remember being at church two weeks ago, and the pastor was saying, hey, how soon we forget where we were three, four years ago, mm. you know, and God started changing our lives, and then you start to pass judgment or condemnation on other people, and wow. you, know, you see where they're at, and they're like, no, you don't get the right to do that. That's that's not what you're supposed to do, because sometimes you can deter people away instead of helping them through it and seeing them and showing them another way. That'll bring them closer, and mm. sometimes we can push people away because Sometimes people, I don't know, we don't do it perfectly, but sometimes we can feel like we're being judgmental or you're, you know, condemning on someone instead of understanding, like, look, everybody goes through a problem. Or everyone's, you know, if people have an addiction, you know, don't beat up on them. You know, try to get them help. You know, mm-hmm. try to talk to them. Try to, you know, lure spend some time with them instead of just talking about them and, and, and you know, just pushing them out the door. What what a good word, man. So So many great nuggets in there and, uh, gosh, I, I could talk to you all day because I, I, I appreciate your transparency and your heart and, and just your uh, ability to reflect on, on what God has done in your life. Uh, and I, I find it very encouraging and inspiring to me and, and I know to the audience as well. So, so man, Jason, really, really appreciate you, you sharing all that. And, and thanks so much for, for joining us on Unpacking It today. And, and I tell you what, we'll, we'll have to do this again because there, there's so much more to unpack, but but really appreciate all that, that you were willing to, to tell us today. Yeah, appreciate it, Bryce. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks a lot. There's Jason Campbell, former NFL quarterback, Auburn star quarterback, and, and currently working with the radio team at Auburn, and appreciate him joining us on Unpacking It today. But up next, we'll do our final segment. We call it Unpack This, and today's topic is about LeBron James. The season he's having is ridiculous, and I'm pulling hard for him and the Lakers. They're so fun to watch. They are gelling, and and I think they're going to have a a special season. And, of course, because he's playing the way he is, it gives them a chance to to be competitive. And so uh, I, I had an observation, though, just about his game and how it relates to our own lives. And so we'll get into that next be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Inspiring conversations 
and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. All right, this is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Each week, we wrap up the show with a segment we call Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. We've never seen a player like LeBron James when you consider his size, speed, and ability to get to the rim. He's hard to stop when he gets into the paint, so he ends up getting fouled a lot. The reality is, though, not every foul is called when he gets hit from every side with defenders trying to slow him down. Repeatedly, dealing with getting smacked and pushed has got to be frustrating. Even though LeBron can be guilty of whining to the refs, he's been taught how to handle the uncalled fouls. He told The Athletic, My Little League coaches always told me, stop crying or complaining about a foul, just play through it. Try to make the bucket and control what you can control. I get fouled a lot. Sometimes it's called, sometimes it's not. But I've got to still maintain my focus because there's so much more of the game to be played. Now, we understand that's the right perspective, but like LeBron, we struggle with our own complaints and finding ourselves whining about the fouls in life. When we allow these fouls to distract us and take us out of our rhythm, it can ruin our day or week. But as LeBron's Little League coach reminds us, try to make the bucket and control what you can control. Not every call goes LeBron's way on the floor, and not every detail goes our way throughout the day. When we find ourselves having an unfocused mindset filled with complaining and whining, let's remember, the Bible says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. The bottom line, complaining takes away our joy and thankfulness and can knock us off course. There are always going to be times when we get fouled on our way to the basket, but whining about it doesn't help. Instead, let's stay focused on Jesus, remaining on his path filled with gratefulness even as the hits come on all sides. So I hope you're willing to unpack that. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson, and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins and he was resurrected. And through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. 